everyone, and welcome to the Texas Hemp Coalition podcast. I'm your host and executive director, Alyssa Nolan. And today we have uh, one of our executive board members, Mr. Kyle Truesdell of Agrarian Supply. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you with us. I know that it is a busy season for y'all right now. Sure is. I bet. Well, a lot of our Texas farmers have plants in the ground or are about to plant. And uh, we know that y'all have been working with some of them to ensure that their crops are uh, going to be successful. So I just would love to know a little bit more about yourself, how you got started in the hemp industry and about agrarian supply. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, my background is in agriculture, basically. Um, I am a second generation farmer from the Salinas Valley in California. I grew up uh, in the vegetable production and uh, baby greens production crops, uh, which was over 50 different crops in total that I've worked on in my career. And, uh, you know, kind of fo- following my dad's footsteps, so to speak. I mean, I almost that. literally to the T. Uh, it's kind of kind of uh, a joke in the family because my dad always told me not to get into farming and don't do what I do because it's it's intense and hard work and it can it'll break your back and you know but you know I have to learn the hard way so uh, (laughs) I went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo in California and studied agriculture I got a a degree there in agribusiness and a degree in crop science uh, which kind of encompasses both sides of agriculture. You have the, obviously the business side of it, sales, marketing, production, pipeline, and uh, uh, the the sales channel. And then you have the production side of it from a farming aspect uh, and focused on the technical scientific side of it. So uh, looking at soil science, uh, botany, uh, integrated pest management, um, you know, entomology, uh, all, you know, studying plant pathogens. So uh, you kind of have to have in uh, the agronomic service retail space, you got to be able to be a chameleon, so to speak, and wear both hats. You have to have kind of the scientific side of it, but you also kind of got to be a, a salesman, have personality. And, you know, farmers are some of the most pessimistic and difficult people to work with because, you know, they are, they work hard and, you know, right. It's, it's something that you make a few mistakes. You could lose out on your entire crop and, you know, that's no, no, no food on the table. So, uh, you know, but farmers are also the most respectful and loyal and nicest people you ever meet. And you get a few wins for them and, you know, you got a friend for life. So uh, once I left Cal Poly, I went to work at Earthbound Farm, which is the largest organic uh, vegetable and baby greens producer in the United States. At one point, they were in the world. Uh, and then from there, I went to work for Wilbur Ellis Company, which is the fourth largest ag chem retailer in the United States. So uh, I left Wilbur Ellis to start a grain supply with my business partner, Scott Knippelmeyer, and what we, what we saw within specifically the hemp and cannabis space was, you know, the great need for people that know how to farm and not only know how to farm, but actually have experience with hemp or cannabis, you know, completely new emerging crop industries that the current 
traditional uh, ag chem retailers, such as the Wilbur Ellis's or the Simplots or the Nutrients of the world, did not want to get involved with those crops for a number of reasons and completely understandable. But, you know, it gave, there was a window of time where there was this huge need in the industry for people to provide agronomic uh, advice from the standpoint of uh, fertility programs and IPM programs, integrated pest management, um, and also to provide products to them that they could use. Because uh, historically, you know, hemp and cannabis farmers shopped at little retail stores that, you know, would charge you 300% above the actual price for this stuff because they kind of had the industry, um, you know, kind of at their will, you know, right. kind of had them, you know, uh, completely handcuffed. So we took the model from the ag chem retail service industry and applied it to those, to those crops. And agrarian supply has done really well in this window of time before the big boys are going to jump in and really get aggressive. But, uh, you know, again, going back to what I was saying, we're building these relationships with farmers that even when the big boys jump in, it's going to be, they're going to have a hard time pulling them away from us because we have been successful. We have applied real science, real data to the growing practices for hemp and cannabis to be successful. We're not just pulling things out of thin air, you know, we're doing our due diligence, taking water samples, soil samples, tissue samples, everything in, uh, it's taken into consideration from a data standpoint to make sure that we are making the right call for the farmer that also does not, you know, break the bank. No, and I think it's so important to have guys like yourself, and it's very refreshing to meet individuals that are from the agriculture industry, you know, like myself, you know, ag degrees, grew up in farming. Um, Y'all are agronomists, and that's what you do, and that's what's needed for our farmers. The people that don't necessarily haven't grown hemp ever, or maybe these are first-generation farmers. So what are you guys seeing, you know, across the nation, but you think specifically in Texas, where someone like yourself as agronomist and agrarian could supply could help our farmers to be successful? I think one of the biggest issues that we have seen over the last four years in this space, and, and this goes all over, and, you know, Texas uh, is, you know, definitely dealt with all the same issues, is People that got into it, some of them weren't farmers, some of them were first time, you know, and some of them were fourth, fifth generation farmers. Mm-hmm. New crop, completely different agronomic playbook from an agronomy and IPM standpoint that some of these farmers felt, oh, I've done, you know, I've done this, I've done this, I've farmed that, you know, it's a weed, it'll just grow. Right. <laughs> unfortunately, not the case. You know, any crop out in the traditional uh, production system has 40, 50 plus years of university data and trial to give you the agronomic playbook and genetics that have been tried to test it out and can give you predictable, consistent results, you know, year after year. We don't have that with hemp and cannabis. It doesn't exist. So we have to create that data set and develop that agronomic playbook. So what we saw so much was people just not um, you know, truly treating the crop like they would the other crops they grow. It was fascinating to me. I know about, I grew up all around farmers. I've never met a farmer that did not have a 
absolute plan to the T of what they were going to do with their crop before they harvest or before they plant it. Everything from start to finish, where it was going to be sold, how much they, they knew what to do. But they didn't take the same approach with hemp. I was just fascinated by this. So I rolled the dice because everyone saw the dollar signs from the green rush. And, you know, a lot of people got burned because there was bad genetics. The cultural playbook and agronomic playbook didn't exist. And no one really knew what they were doing to that respect. And not that farmers that I know didn't know how to farm. They just didn't know how to farm hemp. And it's, it's different. It's, it really is a little, not a weed that just grows. It's, it's kind of a finicky plant, but oh, it, it definitely is. And I saw it for the first time, you know, this past growing season from, with my own eyes of, you know, you really have to pay attention to it and give it that tender love and care. And, and, you know, what you guys do as agronomist, what are some things or some device that you can give farmers before they decide to plant? You know, we've got plants that are in the ground right now, but even guys who are wanting to put in greenhouses, what is, what's, what are some key tips that you would say before you decide to put those plants into the dirt as an agronomist? As an agronomist, I would, uh, you know, develop your plan, the overall strategy from start to finish, you know, understand where you're going to source your genetics, understand your microclimate, understand the site in which you are going to produce on um, a full site assessment is, and it's not expensive. It, but it's absolutely critical to get your baseline to understand what your water quality is. What's the pH of the water? Do you have any uh, uh, minerals in that water that could potentially be toxic to a plant? Uh, you know, and again, the soil. Check your soil. Do some soil samples, a representative soil sample. Understand what is in the ground, you know, from a, a nutritional standpoint. Um, and, you know, again, just know your microclimate and look at the economics of it. The growing practices, and then where are you going to get rid of the crop? How are you going to monetize it? How are you going to make money on this? Do you have an outlet? Do you can you trust these people? You know, really doing your homework. I mean, and it's not a huge project, but it's absolutely critical. And in any other cropping system, uh, you know, where you're growing alfalfa or soybeans or rice or cotton, regardless of what it is, you have a plan from start to finish. You have a signed contract from the purchaser of your product before you plant. All of that stuff. Make sure, and if you don't have access to people you trust or you don't uh, completely uh, get all the data set and data points you want, you know, take a step back and you know, start talking to more people. Get involved with industry associations. Go to some meetings. And talk to other farmers that have grown it. You know, do your homework. I agree. Um, it, it's it's going to be ever growing and evolving in our industry in the state of Texas. And that's why it's important to have individuals like yourself who are from out of state who have been consulting growing this plant. You see how this market can work and, and how successful that we can be. We just need a little bit of assistance and help. Yep. No, and that's one of the, being an agronomic, uh, service provider and not necessarily directly being and owning our farm ourselves and just farming our one area, even though we do that, <laughs> but, you know, we get to uh, observe and see all these issues that are going on everywhere. So we're not like blinders on just understanding what's going on on our farm. We know what's going on on all the farms across a huge geographical region. I mean, right now, I mean, we've been in over 20 states with hemp and have done over 19,000 acres. 
nationwide. So we see what issues happen in which areas and understand the, the trends of what's going on. So in one geographical region in Southern California, if we see a, um, an insect uh, infestation, a flare up of mites, we can actually, or threats, we know when it's gonna hit Northern California because we know the, the, the patterns and life cycle of those insects from you know, our entomology backgrounds. So we can predict and be preventative with our programs to make sure that we never have a major outbreak infestation. So being privy and being able to observe that gives us a huge advantage, but this is knowledge and information we have that our customers and clients and you know, our partners, we all share with. I mean, this is what the farmers need to know. And you know, we love to give them the information. You know, I sit down and have coffee with farmers all the time and just talk about you know, what the uh, you know, upcoming weather is gonna do. How's that gonna affect a potential mildew? Do how's it going to affect potential mite or you know again thrip outbreak? You just never know, but that's what gives us an advantage because we get to get our hands in a lot of different geographical regions that give us a huge advantage with our data. Right, and I think it's a. I'm glad that you brought up geographical regions because in the state of Texas, I mean, we're not just one climate, one type of soil. You know, there's all these different regions in the state of Texas from, you know, the Piney Woods of East Texas all the way to, you know, the Panhandle to West Texas and South Texas. So what do you see as someone who's kind of coming into our state and you're consulting? Um, what do you see as some of the best growing regions in the state of Texas uh, for either for fiber or for cannabinoids? That's a really good question. You know, because Texas is obviously such a huge state. I mean, it's massive, right? We all know this. Uh, the amount and volume of microclimates, uh, I mean, could you even put a number on that? I don't even think we could. And the ever-changing, <laughs> uh, you know, weather patterns that we seem to be experiencing year after year, um, you know, what would have been good in one spot one year, three years later might not be good there. You know, we are seeing, you know, some climate shifts. So, uh, you know, how that is approached. Um, I think what I recommend in those scenarios is you, you, you know, if you're farming an area, you know your weather patterns, you understand what your climate's like. You've got to look at genetics first. Genetics and your soil. How's your soil? Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? What can you do to prep it? But looking for genetics and talking to a geneticist or one of the you know breeders or seed providers out there. There's, to be honest, a lot of bad actors, and, and I think we're sifting through it, and it's taken some time. But there are definitely a lot of bad actors out there. Um, you know, I only trust a few. Uh, you know, getting in touch with them, talking with them. Do they have genetics that are good for your microclimate? Because there's so many out there right now. So many different seed uh, varietals you can buy for hemp. Does that varietal fit your climate? That's what's most important. Because I mean. There's a varietal I could have in West Texas that would just kill it, do great, but it's not going to work in East Texas. And vice versa, it might do well, uh, you know, specific varietal well in East Texas, it's not going to grow in West Texas. So those are the kind of things to consider, asking those type of questions. If the seed provider does not have the answer, don't buy seed from them because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I think that's a good piece of advice that our listeners should remember. If your seed providers or someone that's telling you that you're going to get a certain thing out of this genetic, they can't give you the backup information, probably not a good actor. 
Probably not. Probably, and just doesn't uh, have all the data they need to support their, what they're claiming. You know, I mean, where did it grow well? Ask them that question. Where did it grow well? Has it grown in my area well? Oh, no, it grew in California well. Well, I, we all know it's not the same as California climate. So, have you know, those are the questions to ask. You know, find that stuff out because it'll save you a lot of heartache and, you know, money. Right. And so with the type of consulting work that you guys do, um, obviously, I know that y'all consult for outdoor grows. Do you do any consulting for any indoor or greenhouse grows? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. We do quite a bit, actually, of, uh, you know, greenhouse. Uh, there's probably right now we're doing close to 700 acres of greenhouse consulting. Um, you know, it's fairly similar to, you know, a and, you know, true sun-grown outdoor, uh, you know, production system. Uh, indoor is a whole other animal. You know, complete indoor is a whole other animal. I mean, you're looking at completely controlled environment. Every variable that you could have an effect on and control, you can control. But, you know, it's really more for the real boutique high-end production because of the cost. But, no, we, we, we do everything from start to finish. And, you know, I don't think there's a planting system or uh, that we have not worked with we've seen it all you know that's one of the biggest issues is there's so much diversity and in farming diversity is not typically the best thing you want consistency you want consistent growing practices that can be replicated and you can predict the results because you know farming's gambling anyway you got mother nature i don't know another industry that has you know something more difficult to deal with than mother nature. Right. So you bring up a good point when you're talking about issues. What are some issues that you're seeing arise in our industry, in the hemp space and cannabis space when it comes to farming? Um, what are some things that you think will continue to arise and what's happening right now? Um, you know, I think, you know, I keep I hate going back to genetics all the time, but that still seems to be quite a pain point for the industry. There's still a lot of work to be done to understand the genetics and the, uh, the specific genetics that are bred and uh, specifically uh, selected for growing regions. I mean, if you look at any other crop, you know, take, let's just say, you know, rice. I mean, you're different rice is grown in all different regions. What's grown out in the you know, southern United States is not the same that's grown out in the West Coast. So, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done there. But, you know, from, you know, the farming standpoint, you know, we've been able to gather a lot of data, a lot of data sets that normally this would be university work to get this information, to get the grower standard on nutrient uptake and what the plant needs at every growth stage. Uh, and I, you know, we're getting a pretty good handle on that. And I think our clients have been very successful. I mean, we've lost one client in four years out of 250, I think. So, you know, I think pretty that's good track record, pretty, not bad. <laughs> uh, it's the, you know, obviously the regulatory side of it, uh, the legality side, you know, what's going on and the maturity of the supply chain from uh, a product standpoint and a consumer standpoint. Uh, there's still a lot of education that needs to be done on the consumer level uh, and obviously on the political level <laughs> you know, right. to understand 
how to align. I mean, one thing that I've seen in the last couple of years is there's a huge disconnect between the guys that are putting the, you know, blood, sweat and tears into it. And the ones that are making policy, you know, that's, it's amazing to see, you know, you always hear about that. Everyone talks about how, you know, policy, you know, they're so disconnected and, you know, I was just kind of like, can, how can that really be the case? I mean, come on, there's a lot of information out there. A lot of people that, you know, but yeah, there is a lot of disconnect. So not just farming, but you know, being an advocate for what you're farming, being an advocate for what you do, helping educate and helping to develop the supply chain, because, you know, that is what is going to create a scenario where, you know, we can make money off what we're growing. And I think that's what we all want to do. And, and speaking of being an advocate, uh, you are a new member of the U.S. Hemp Authority. I would love for you to touch on that and your involvement with that uh, group. Sure, yeah. I, about three months ago, I started with the U.S. Hemp Authority, which is a sub-board uh, of the U.S. Hemp Roundtable. So the U.S. Uh, hemp Authority was formed to be the certification arm for the U.S. Hemp Roundtable. Uh, to, you know, create a certification program for hemp to allow and uh, give the ability for people within the space to kind of vet and verify that, you know, who they are and what they do, that they can trust these people, they can trust the product, you can trust, you know, what the farmer's providing in as far as a raw ingredient, you can trust the retailer. So if you are uh, you know, consumer, you can, you know, can buy with confidence and know that these products are safe. They've been through a very, you know, rigorous program to be able to have the certification in the state. So it's very similar to what you would look at as a, uh, an organic certification program, whether it be on a national scale or at a state level. Um, you know, it's extremely important because, you know, organics, you know, 20 years ago, it was the wild, wild west. I mean, you didn't know, I mean, USDA didn't come out with their official definition of organics, I think until the year 2000, I believe. So up until then, you know, it was, you didn't know if you were actually buying something organic or not, but you did know you were paying three times the amount of price for it, you know, in the store. So, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, get out in front of that and have a certification program is what the US Hemp Authority is focused on and you know getting the retailers the wholesalers um and connecting that with the production people processors and the, and the farmers themselves to develop a certification and a brand to do so so you can you know trust in what you're getting and and trust within the people you're working with and the consumers can trust the products you're getting at the end of the day well i know that we are so proud to have you on the u.s hemp authority as the <laughs> representative especially as one of our executive board members of the texas hemp coalition so thank you for all of your knowledge and expertise and your time today and and if people are interested in your services what's the best way that they can get in contact uh the best way is to go to uh, our website uh www.agrariansupply.com and uh you know contact us They'll get you in touch with, uh, you know, one of our uh, field agronomists and, you know, answer any questions you have. We do basically a, typically a uh, one hour just intro call and we ask a lot of questions because we know the questions that need to be asked. And uh, those are the questions that the farmers 
uh, will be asking and, and are starting to ask and, you know, get the information they need to know to make sure that they are, are going to, you know, be as successful as they possibly can. Because that's, you know, we want everyone to, to do uh, uh, the best they can, you know, get the most value out of what they're doing and, you know, have the best return on their acre. I agree. And, and I'm going to toot y'all's horn for you. I have watched, you know, their consulting with my own eyes through Tejas hemp here in Texas uh, with their first growing season. And, and in my opinion, I think what a lot of us saw where they grew, you know, two acres of hemp and they were very successful. It was like 2,500 to 3000 pounds is what they grew. And it was very successful under y'all's guidance and expertise. And so, you know, when we look at all the other farmers that were out there who maybe hadn't grown before, you can see the difference of using your consulting services and um, just the yield that they had as farmers. And, you know, you guys have, you, you've grown it, you've consulted across the nation in different climates and areas and zones. And I definitely think that you guys can bring a lot of wonderful things to the state of Texas when it goes for growing fiber, it goes for growing cannabinoids and greenhouses outdoor and grow houses. So Texans Agrarian Supply is a wonderful consulting group for you guys to use you know they are successful in what they do and they're trusted they have grown this before so thank you for everything y'all have done and uh we're happy to have you today great thank you so much and we will be out in uh texas for the hemp convention i believe in november wonderful guys if you're at the texas hemp convention go by and see agrarian supply and uh hope to see you and hear from you all in the next podcast 